Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not you my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of mine apostleship are you and the Lord. Mine answer to them that do examine me in this. Have we not power to eat and drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as the other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord, and Peter? Or am I only in Barnabas? Are we the only two who have no power to forbear working? Who goeth to warfare any time at his own charges? Who planted the vineyard, eateth not of the fruit thereof? Who feedeth the flock, and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? It is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth not God take care of the oxen? Or said, did he say that altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt it was written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown to you spiritual things, is it a great thing? If we shall reap your carnal things? Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a faithful teacher of the Word of God for more than 60 years. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. The Apostle Paul provides the example of liberty and love Although he has liberty in the Lord, he has made himself a bond slave of all, to save some and to be a partaker of the gospel. Many today are demanding their rights. The Christian is here instructed to use or not to use his rights in the gospel so as not to cause any hindrance, but rather to promote the gospel of Christ. Do you and I have rights that need to be brought before the Lord for his direction? Here's Dr. Mitchell, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Good day, friends. Again, we come to you with studies in the Paul's epistle to the Corinthian church. And we're today in chapter 9, where Paul gives himself as an example to the believers on how they should live and how they should walk. Uh, I must say that when we come to chapter 9, we come to an amazing chapter. We have been dealing, you remember, with the responsibility of Christians one toward the other. In chapter 7, in the family, between husbands and wives and so on. In chapter 8, our responsibility to my brother in Christ in chapter 8. How shall I live before my brother, before my sister in Christ? When we come to chapter 9, we have Paul gives himself as the example of liberty and love. In chapter 8, we've been dealing with the question of knowledge and love. There were some in the Corinthian church who had much knowledge. In fact, they all had knowledge. They all knew that the idols in the temple were nothing, uh, that the idols were nothing, their service was nothing. 
and some were eating flesh which had been offered to the idols, and they were free to do it. They'd gone down to the market and bought the meat which had been offered to idols, and to them it was just meat. But there were other Christians. When they saw that meat, this had been offered to idols. If I eat this, will I be joining myself to the idol? And some of the Corinthians were glorying in the fact they were puffed up for knowledge, puffed up, became proud, possibly arrogant. I can eat what I want to do. It means nothing to me what I eat. It makes no difference to me what I eat and what I drink. And the other man says, but listen, being offered to idols, aha, an idol is nothing. So because of their knowledge, they caused their weak brother to stumble and possibly kept unsaved people from coming to the Savior. You're no different to the rest of us. How true that is today. I'm sure that a great many people have been, shall I say, shoved away from accepting the Savior hindered from coming to him because of the lives, the so-called boasted freedom that a Christian may have. And not only so, but even other Christians have been led astray and have got themselves into a position where Christ is no longer magnified in their body and they were led astray by a Christian who knew so much and boasted of his liberty. I repeat it. I want this to be clear in your mind and I don't mind repeating it. Liberty that does not take into, into thinking the other person is no longer liberty. It's license. I'm going to do what I want to do. That's license. That's not liberty. We have so much of that today. Well, I'm free. Yes, you're free to do what? No man lives to himself. No man dies to himself, as Romans 14 says. Whether we live, we're the Lord's. Whether we die, we're the Lord's. Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. That's true. But I'm still down here. And if I love my brother, if I love the Savior, I should love his people. And I must not cause anyone to stumble. Give up good things, yes. Give up things that I think are lawful for me to do, yes. Give them up if it means causing my brother to stumble. That's chapter 8. And when we cause our brother to stumble, we sin against Christ. I would like that to be riveted upon your own heart. I say this, my Christian friend, because today so many unsaved people, people out of Christ, have been hindered from coming to Christ. How often I've heard them say, if that's Christianity, I don't want it. They're living just the way I'm living. They're doing the things that I'm doing. I see no difference between them and me. God forbid that you and I should do anything that will hinder a man coming to Christ or hindering a, a young Christian, a babe in Christ. We cause them to stumble. And first thing you know, they're out of fellowship with God and go back into the world living a carnal life. And you are going to stand before God, before the judgment seat of Christ, and you're going to be faced with this very thing. Now, when we come to chapter 9, we come to Paul's example. And he's carrying along the same principle as we had in chapter 7 and chapter 8. 
we're free to do certain things, but love considers the other person. Now, in the first three verses of of chapter 9, Paul declares his apostleship and his freedom in Christ. Notice what he says. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not you my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of mine apostleship are you in the Lord. Mine answer to them that do examine me in this. Let me just stop here. Apparently, the Apostle Paul has been questioned. His apostleship has been questioned. There are those in the, in the Corinthian church who are opposed to Paul. And Paul here begins to defend himself as an example of an apostle, as an example of a believer in Christ. You remember in, in the early chapters of the, of the epistle, some said, I'm of Paul. Some said, I'm of Apollos. Some said, I'm of Peter. Some said, I'm of Christ. Is Christ divided? Who's Apollos? Who's Peter? Nobody. Who's Paul? Nobody. Who's Apollos? Nobody. People by whom you believed. So there was a division, apparently, in the Corinthian church concerning Paul and his apostleship. Now, it's true that the word apostle in its simplest rendering means a messenger. But in the, in the apostles of Christ, these are messengers of Christ with power. You can't read the book of Acts without realizing when Peter and John went out, their message was accompanied with power. Same with Paul. And yet afterwards, it was not so. I mean, the demonstration of power. But now he's raised the question, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen the Lord Jesus? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to other people, I am certainly to you, Corinthians, for the seal of mine apostleship are you in the Lord. And those who examine me, those who have me on the carpet, these, those who are judging me, have we not power to eat and drink? And he goes on to give his experience. See, the Apostle Paul had seen the Lord. Apparently, this was one of the uh, things that one had to do to become an apostle. You remember in the book of Acts chapter 1, when Judas by transgression fell, someone must take his place in the apostleship. And it had to be someone who had been with the Lord and had seen the Lord. And you remember, they cast the ballot and Matthias was chosen. Now, I know that there are those who say that Matthias should not have been an apostle. However, when you come to Corinthians 15, the apostle Paul puts Matthias in with the 12. Because you remember in that passage, he says, he was seen of the 12, then he was seen of me as one born out of due time. In the book of Acts chapter, chapter 9, you remember how the Lord appeared unto Paul on the road to Damascus. And he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. I have seen the Lord. 
And not only so, they were his first fruits of the gospel. And if he was not an apostle to others, certainly, if anybody was an apostle to the Corinthian church, it was Paul. And then he takes up his, his liberty in the gospel from verse 4 down to verse 23. I'm going to mark this. He repudiated all his rights, and he did this for the gospel's sake. Mark again were following through the same principle. Knowledge puffeth up. Love edifieth. And Paul could have been puffed up. Listen to what he says. Have we not power to eat and drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as the other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord, and Peter, or... Am I only in Barnabas? Are we the only two who have no power to forbear working? Who goeth to warfare any time at his own charges? Who planteth the vineyard, eateth not of the fruit thereof? Who feedeth the flock, and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say are these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? Now he's talking about his liberty. And he repudiates all his rights for the gospel's sake. He had the same rights, he had the same freedom that the apostle Paul had, that the other apostles had. But he had not used them at Corinth. Why? Because he didn't want the gospel to be hindered. See, this is the reason for it, verses 4 to 11. I see these things as a man, and yet, doesn't the law say the same thing too? It is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth not God take care of the oxen? Or said, Did he say that altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt it was written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown to you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. But I have used none of these things. Neither have I written these things that it should be so done to me. It were better for me to die than that any man should make my glorying void. Now what he's talking about is this, his liberty in the gospel. He doesn't want to do anything that would hinder the gospel going out to the unsaved. Now God's order for his ministers, as you have it from verse 9 on down through to 15, God's order, God's order is that the ministers, those who preach the gospel, shall live of the gospel. This was God's provision for them. And Old Testament Scripture teaches this thing, as you have it in verses 8 down through verse 10. Same. The Old Testament priests lived of the altar. Sacrifices 
You go back to the book of Leviticus, when they offered certain sacrifices, a part of it was for God, and a part was it for the priests, and part for the people. But quite a bit of the sacrificing was the beasts were used after offering, being offered for the priests and for their families. They lived of the altar. But Paul says, I haven't used my rights. Why? Because of the criticism here at Corinth. Who was Paul? Who was Paul? See, he was a bond slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, he knew all this. He had knowledge of all these things. He was qualified by God to live of the gospel. But he spurned it because of his love for them. Oh, I tell you, my friend, may God deliver us from making merchandise of the gospel of Christ. One could say much about this, which I'm not going to do. But would to God that we had men like Paul, whose great passion to allow nothing to hinder the gospel going forth to the unsaved, to do nothing that would hinder God's people growing in the grace and knowledge of God, to do nothing that would cause his weaker brother to stumble, to do nothing that would hinder men and women coming to Christ. He wouldn't even take things that were rightly his because the Old Testament and the New Testament teach us very clearly that the man who lives of the gospel should be cared for by those who believe the gospel. That's what you have here. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. But I've used none of these things Neither have I written these things that it should be so done to me. It were better for me to die than that any man should make my glorying void. And then he goes on and reading from, the, from there on, verse 16 on to the end of the passage, he was a bond slave of Jesus Christ. Oh, listen to it. Listen to it. For though I preach the gospel... I have nothing to glory of. Necessity is laid upon me. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. If I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation or a stewardship of the gospel is committed unto me, what is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. Yea, Though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant to all that I might gain them all. Let me just stop here for a few moments. What a passage of Scripture. What a passage. Again, I come back to that passage in Romans 1, 1. Paul, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, called an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. You go to the book of Galatians, chapters 1 and 2. Galatians is full of it, full of it. I was called not by the will of men. I was called by God. Please, God, to choose me from my mother's womb to preach the gospel of the grace of God. I wasn't called of men. I wasn't sent out by man. I was sent out by God. I met with God. The message I have is from God. 
and no one's going to rob me of my glory in Christ. I preach this gospel whether I want to, whether I don't want to. Stewardship of the gospel. By the way, may I suggest that nine times, nine times in this brief passage, he mentions the gospel. In verse 12, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. In verse 14, I'm ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. In chapter 6, in verse 16, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Verse 17, a dispensation, a stewardship of the gospel is committed to me. Verse 18, that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself bond slave to all, that I might gain the more. He became all things to all men. If by any means he might save some. I repeat it, God give to us more men and women today like the Apostle Paul. Do you remember, do you remember in chapter 1 of Romans 14 to 17, I am a debtor to the Greeks, to the barbarians, to the wise, to the foolish. So as much as in me is I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are at Rome also. I'm not ashamed of this gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, whether Jew or Gentile. For in this gospel is revealed the righteousness of God. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. My, what a passion. Take chapter 9 and 10 of, of Romans. Paul says in chapter 10, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Let me quote chapter 9, 2 and 3, when Paul says, and he calls God to be his witness, by the way. You've got to be sure what you're saying when you call God to be your witness. When he said, I have continual sorrow. I have unceasing pain in my heart. I could verily wish myself accursed from Christ for my brethren's sake, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites. Oh, brother. Would you do that? Would you do that? Listen, my friend. It's true that God has called us into separation, but he's not called us to isolation. Wherever I am, whatever I do, I'm do anything to reach man for Christ. Listen to it. Unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain those that are under the law. To those who are without law as without law, be not without law to God, but under law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker with you. My, what a passage. I repeat it. Not separation, not isolation. Separation unto God, yes, but not isolation from men and women. And I think of chapter 7, chapter 15, or shall I say, read the gospel to Luke. They accused him of being the friend of 
publicans and sinners. This man receiveth sinners. He came to seek and to save sinners. Our Lord was separated from sin, but he didn't isolate himself from men and women for whom he died. And oh, my Christian friend, Christian worker, preacher, teacher, whoever you are, let us become all things to all men. If by any means I might save some, and this I do for the gospel's sake. May God grant to you and to me something of that passion for Christ, that compassion for lost souls. I'll say more of this in my next lesson. I want this to be very clear in your mind. Oh, God, give to us a vision of the Savior, of his love, his compassion and tenderness for lost men and women. And may you and I never do anything of any kind by word or deed or attitude that will hinder people coming to Christ or that will hinder weak Christians from going on with God. May the Lord bless you today. Read that ninth chapter through and be blessed in your own heart for his name's sake. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in his wonderful face And the things of earth will grow Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.